Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. The first thing I want to talk about is a very interesting email that I got. And where has it gone? Oh yeah, here it is here. And it's a, I'll read it out to you and you get the gist of it. Dear Niall, firstly, I just want to say I love your show. I listen every night at work. I work as a taxi driver in Cork. So I always have the radio on. I think you're a very funny host. And I think uh, your show is very different to, uh, to a lot of other shows on Irish radio. However, uh, there's always a however, isn't there? I will say, I don't think there are enough non-Irish voices on your show. You talk a lot about immigration and the population change and Ireland. But when I turn on your show, it's always Irish people speaking. I'm from Bangladesh and I've been here for 11 years. I came to this country because there were no opportunities in my small town and many of my friends had traveled to Ireland for a better life. I spent five years in direct provision system and the system you speak of so often. It was a very difficult time. I was not allowed to work and living in that accommodation uh, with so many other people who were all traumatized for different reasons scared me and scared the life out of me. Happily, six years ago, I was granted permission to remain. From that time, I've worked sometimes seven days a week as a taxi driver in Cork. I've saved as much as I can, and I try to be positive and a positive presence in my community. I've recently had a baby with my wife, uh, my daughter, uh, will only ever know, uh, my daughter will only ever know Ireland. The riots last week were very difficult for me to watch. I felt unsafe in this country ever since that night. But Niall, the reason I'm writing to you is not because the people are burning buses or stealing from shops. I'm writing to you because of the microaggression I experience daily in this country. I've been called the N-word, blackie. I've been told I am taking money from the Irish people, robbing their jobs. I've been asked when I'm going back home, why, uh, why am I here? I study mathematics in my home country, but working as a taxi driver or taxi man is the best job I could get. I applied for many other jobs and was never called for an interview. Sometimes when I'm working at night, people uh, come up to my car, look, look at me and just walk away. I can handle this now, but I am scared for my daughter. I'm scared for the kind of Ireland that she'll grow up in. She cannot hide her skin colour, although she will speak just as any other Irish person speaks. This country has given me so much. But for your listeners who think they are so different to the rioters in Dublin City, I would like them to consider how often they have thought about thought something negative about a non-white person. How often they have acted unkindly towards a non-white person. You are more racist than you actually realise. I would love to come uh, on your show, but I do not have the confidence to speak. Thank you for entertaining me each night. Now, that's an interesting email, isn't it? So, he's here a long time. I'm, I'm assuming it's a he, by the way. Yeah, He's here a long time. And he has a daughter. He's got a wife. He's married. Um, but he feels there's a sense of racism that maybe people don't even realise they have. That there's a kind of discrimination automatically against somebody against their skin, skin colour. I could honestly say, and I'll put my hand on my heart, I have never discriminated against anybody for their skin colour. I spend every year that I can going on holidays to the United States, where I would say, for example, in Florida, it's probably 50% black. So it doesn't, I don't even see skin color. I don't, I don't see it like that. I see different nationalities and I see different cultures, but skin color is not something to me that I notice. Or when I say, of course I bloody notice, I'm not stupid. But when I, when I see skin color, I don't automatically assume when I see a black person, they must be a refugee. And I did see a video of one guy online during the week. Um, I don't know who he was. And he was given out about immigration. And he was on his video thing, walking down the street or something. I don't know what he was doing. But as he was giving out about immigration, which is fair enough, by the way, give out about immigration if you want to. That's fine. You can give out about immigration. We're all entitled to have a view and an opinion on how the government, you know, runs immigration policy. But as he's given his video, he spotted a black person. And he went, ah, oh, there's another one. Go home. And I went, now that's just damn racist. Because the person he spotted could have been a doctor, could have been a lawyer. Could have been a taxi driver or could have been an asylum seeker. We don't know. And he doesn't know. That's racism. Just to make an assumption by somebody's skin colour that they're either a refugee or an asylum seeker because they're most likely are not. So do you believe, I suppose the real question is, do you believe Irish people are inherently racist? Maybe unconsciously. Are we racist? Now, 
I want to defend Irish people to some degree by saying Ireland is pretty new to this game. And it's a bit unfair sometimes to have a go at people. Sometimes it can be ignorance. Because when I was in school as a young lad, there was only one black lad in the school. And his nickname was Chalk Ice. That was his name. And he answered to the name Chalk Ice. He called himself Chalk Ice. It was just a bit of fun. There was no racist intent in us calling him Chalk Ice. That was just his nickname. My nickname was Billy. And that was his nickname. We all had nicknames in those days. But for not for one minute did, was there any racist intent. It was an oddity to have a black person in the school because in Ireland, at that stage, Phil Innes, Laurie Hartz, the entertainer, who's still doing the rounds, by the way, well done, Laurie. There were very few black people in Ireland. You've got to remember that. So we're kind of new to the game when it comes to multiculturalism in this country. So it's sometimes, maybe not racism, but a little bit of ignorance. And I'm wondering, do you think that Irish people inherently are racist? Because we're new to the game. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Are Irish people racist? And by the way, I would love to hear from you because according to the email, we don't have enough foreign voices on the air. If you are from a different country and you are here at an amount of time or if you're only here recently, I'd love to hear from you. Particularly, by the way, if your skin colour is different to white because I'd like to know what experience you've had. And do you believe that Irish people are inherently racist? Let me know. 087-188-0008. Now let me go to Melissa. Melissa, hi, how are you? Hello, Melissa, are you there? Very interesting. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, Melissa, but there's always a problem with your phone. I don't know what. <laughs> it's just your signal in the area you're living. I don't know why. Yeah. Hold on, I'll move. Yeah, go on, no, Melissa. Yeah, go on, Melissa. Yeah. No, first and foremost, I agree with everything you just said, as in, it's all new to the Irish people. After years, the influx and the amount. It is new. That's very true. Um, in my own hometown, there would have been only one coloured lady, and I growing up, I was great friends with her still am to this day. She's on, on ten. They moved in about five hundred. That is, um, she was still the only coloured lady, and integrated fantastically into the town. Can we not just say that the education and integration never happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is a big thing I've read on the whole migration pact there. And the main thing was communication <clears throat> with communities and integration. It never happened. Assimilation. Assimilation is always a better word when we assimilate people properly rather than, as some communities have said, you know, just a load of people all pouring in at the one time. Just yeah. Exactly. And, and, and it's and an that, awful shock that's, that's, denial of to course, so many I, I know that can be difficult for a community. So I understand I that. For resources no, and services. Yeah, I mm. want to say, no, the Irish are not racist. I think we're at the stage, and I'm 37 years working voluntarily in the community. I have never come across one racist person. Oh, I've come across. Melissa, with respect, I've come across a lot of racist people. I've come across a lot of racist people. Yes. I I guess some of it on some of the spaces. I've I've, I've got and heard a little bit of it on those X spaces at times and mostly from Americans, actually, not from the Irish people. No, when I I hear people debating immigration, that's perfectly fine. But when I hear people come out with lines like, send them all home, that's, that's 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 not a debate anymore. That could, no, that, that's, that's generalization because some people yeah. are genuine and some people are not. You know, no, when, well, I, when no, I heard I'm this guy on a video turn around saying, look, there's another asylum seeker, just because he saw a black person, he assumed it was an asylum seeker. I, I remember years but ago, look, I was I'm walking with a friend of mine. Time. Melissa, I was walking with a friend, working with a friend of mine years ago and we seen this guy, uh, it was a beautiful white BMW and it was a black man driving it. And he turned around to me, this mate of mine, a friend of mine, and says, bleeding asylum seekers, where are they getting the money? And I looked at him and I said, how do you know he's an asylum seeker? He said, you know by looking. And I said, well, he could be a doctor. He might be a very well-paid doctor or a surgeon. How do you... And, and this is what I'm talking about. This idea that just because somebody is black, they must be an asylum seeker or they must be a refugee or they must be skinned or they must be scamming the system or something. That's wrong. Okay. Um, I suppose I'm in Waterford, so it's extreme multicultural down here. So my hmm. son was reared with multicultural. Um, and when he was in fifth year, which is in what he's second year in college now, um, there was only six Irish people in his class of thirty. So my son has been reared to that as I wouldn't have had been in my hometown. 
So it's an awful shock to those in my village, as you mm. can only imagine. 500 lobbed in a one-street town. Yes, back. and I understand um, that. That's wrong. My son... Yeah, it's extreme. So, uh, you know, we have to go back here to the government and what they've done to the people. And they're hate-beaten. And they're race-beaten. And let's face it, like you you listen to any one of those committees, which I do every day um, in the Dáil, and they're the ones doing the race-beaten, more so than the Irish people, I believe. Um, they put, they're the, the biggest racists I've ever come across or heard in my 53 years of life. And it's like they're racist against the Irish. So one doesn't, you know, you can't say, oh, you're racist against this and we're getting all this thrown out. I actually feel that the Irish government are now racist against the Irish people. The only time I've ever felt it is in the last, since um, this, it started actually in 2019, I was on Wexford Radio, I was standing the by-election and I brought up the migration. And at that time now they were coming in the backs of trucks into Ross Lair and running around South Kilkenny. Yeah. And the guards were around fields yeah. after them. And I said this on the radio, that we have to be careful of the illegal migrants coming in. Now there was four other political parties sitting at that live radio. I must get us and send it to you. And the screaming and the roaring, and that was in November 2019, the screaming and the roaring over me on live radio was absolute. That was the first time I felt as an Irish person that they were being racist against me, bringing up a serious concern of security for this country. Mm. And the, you no, know, but, the, but there's no doubt that we've had those debates a million times in relation to immigration policy. Immigration policy needs to be a proper control policy. It shouldn't be reckless as it is at the moment. And those who need our help should get our help. And those who are not genuine should should leave the country. And and but can I have and that that's, conversation? That's a, right? No, we can't have that conversation now because we've done immigration. No, 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 not that. No, no. Sorry, I want to have a different. I want to say something else. Like in the whole of the world, white people are eight percent. So where are they getting that we're all the racists? This mm. is the bit I'm not getting. Eight percent of how many have we? Eight. Eight billion. Eight billion. Eight billion, and we are only eight percent white people, and they're saying the white people are racist. But here's the thing: I, I, I've never, I've never used the, the language of white people, black people, brown people. I know, well, right? I don't use that. I, I've never referred to somebody as a white person. And by the way, I've only ever heard the Irish government doing that more recently, talking about white privilege and all this. I've never used those terms. I don't. I don't recognise a difference in skin colour of people. I recognise a difference in traditions and cultures, but not in skin yeah. colour. I don't identify people by their skin colour. So I Absolutely not, and neither mm. do I personally. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's ones out there, but the majority of them are so... Mm. You know, but you, but you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be the type now that, say, for example, if you walk down a taxi rank looking for a taxi and the driver was happened to be black, you wouldn't avoid him, would you? I ha- I do now because I had a bad experience. I had a very very well, bad okay, experience. Okay, well, but hold on. Well, hold on a second. Well, so why would you avoid? Because okay, so you had a bad experience with a black taxi driver. Bad Fair enough. Experience, okay, yeah, and I'm true. sorry. And I'm sorry to hear you did. I now hope you reported him. But I did. Okay, so yeah. but then let me. So so for that reason, you don't get into a taxi with a black taxi driver. Is that I what suppose, you said? I I would be more for the local. I suppose I know the local lads. No, no, no! I want, no, I want to just clarify something, with you, Melissa, because no. if if you had a bad experience with an Irish white Irish taxi driver, would you avoid yeah, all would, white taxi I would drivers? Report no. to him the same. But you wouldn't avoid all white Irish taxi drivers, would you? Well, no. You see, I get the taxi drivers that I know now locally. That's the difference, because of my experience, and that's the truth. Oh, okay, okay. And many, yeah, and. Um, you know, we were talking oh, sorry to hear you had a bad experience. That shouldn't happen to anybody. Yeah, it was, it was really terrible. Okay, well, well, hold on a second, because I, I, I need to go to a few callers here as well. I need to go to Breda too. Breda, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good, I'll have you in a second, Dave. Uh, Breda, do you, do you think Irish people are gen- generally racist? Um, I think they can be, yeah. I do think we can be. Um, I think probably the older generation more so, I think as... The younger generations are coming through. It's becoming um, less, um, what's the word? It's not as, as a forefront as it used to be. I mean, I brought my daughter up. It doesn't matter what colour you are, as long as you're a nice person and you're good and kind to people. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I know my mum and dad, like, my dad had a care of blessing. He's the most beautiful man, Patrick. But daddy used to say, isn't you a lovely black man? Now, some people might have taken offence to that. Patrick was such a lovely man. He didn't, he, he just, he loved dad and dad loved him. 
and he didn't mean it in a bad way, but like he just he kind of called it like it was kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might say that was racist of him. I don't think it was, but he, he they didn't get that you know if if you were born in Ireland um, of a different colour that you were Irish. They, they always used to say my mother was a devil. A friend, a girl we know, adopted a lovely little girl from uh, Nigeria, and she like she said, "Can she speak English?" I mean, I, my mother would be yeah, we're, we're standing there going, but see, older are... people, I'll tell you something funny, right? My mother yeah. and father, um, God bless them, they obviously passed away since, but, but my mother, I remember many, many years ago, I was only a kid, and we were watching the Olympic Games, and there was a guy who was a runner from uh, Kenya, I think he was from, his name was Kip Kano, and this guy was like a bullet, he used to run like a bullet, right? And there's how ignorant older people were and how uneducated, I suppose, to some degree they were, although they're very clever people, older people, very wise yeah. people. But my mother turned around to me and says, he's brilliant, isn't he? And I said, yeah. She says, you know why he can run so fast? And I said, why? Because they're used to running away from lions in the jungle. I said, <laughs> but she really believed that because yeah, they thought, and, and, older people thought, the word Africa, jungle. That it must be yeah. a jungle. And that's yeah, that's yeah. what she said to me. Yeah, and, and I go, and, and, and I was only like 10 or 11. I'm looking at her going, but they don't all live in a jungle. <laughs> and that's what but, I, and this and, is yeah, and, where it came from. With education as well. You know, I mean, you, like people have, like, there's more, a, a much more mixed diversity of people now in Ireland than there was even when I, like, when I grew up, there was nobody. Everybody was local and from the town and whatever else. Yeah. It's got bigger and it's expanded, and we have a great mix of people here now. And I've no problem with anybody living in this country as long as you're contributing to the country that you're living in. That's my whole absolutely, thing. yeah. I don't care you're black, blue, pink with spots, as long as you're being an active member of society and you're helping. To, you know, you're 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 contributing to society. If you're coming in here to live off it and scam it and everything else, then I'm sorry, back home you go. Yeah, but I think most people would agree with that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this guy that wrote in the email, he's from Bangladesh, he's here 10 years, and he worries for his daughter growing up because he believes he's treated differently. He said he has been called the N-word and other things as well. I'm sure he probably has. And I mean, that's... that's Or or, or he says regularly people say things to him like, when are you going home? Uh, You're here taking our jobs and our money. All this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Bullshit. Like, listen, people don't want the jobs. I mean... You know, I had a lovely chap here today. I was getting him broadband, the higher fiber optic one, and lovely guy from Moldovia. And his heart was broken here today. But what an absolute gentleman he was. I mean, he went out of his way to be helpful here today. He's an active member of our society. He's contributing. He's doing stuff. You know, I don't... Jenny came home years ago when she was small, and another girl had said to her little friend, Amira, gorgeous girl, "Eh, we're not playing with you because you're... The black word, right? Yeah. And she came home very upset. And I went, oh, my God. So I said, you know what you do now, Jenny? You go in tomorrow, grab a mirror's hand, and you go over and you say to this particular girl, we're not playing with you because you're white. <laughs> and she went in and she did it. And she said, she said, mom, her face was something else. And I said, well, just, just give it back to her what you give out. She didn't pick that up off the ground. She was hearing that at home. Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem. Yeah, but, but but here's the thing, you know, that's another generation. There's an excuse for my mother and father's generation. Oh yeah. But there's right. no not there's no excuse for, now. No, not for Jenny's generation. I yeah. mean Jenny's generation the, the, there was a great mix of all cultures and yeah. races and everything else. So there was I mean, I would never I mean that little girl came here, she was the most gorgeous little girl. She Jenny used to go to her church at times and everything. You know, it was a lovely way for her to see a different culture and a different way of life and everything, but still integrated into Irish life. But like for so much, a child to go in, and they weren't that old at the time, to go in and say that to somebody, she heard that at home. Mm-hmm. Shame on her parents. Shame on them. Yeah. But this is the problem. If, you're, if that's been integrated into you, yes, then you're going to talk to that poor man like he does in the taxi down in, in Cork, you know. I mean, everybody, I talk to everybody. I ask them where they're from. Are you enjoying Ireland? Do you like living here? You know, I yeah. mean, this is their home now. It's like I went, I used to go to England years ago, and just slight diversion, and we had the troubles up the north at the time. And I know a friend of mine had a hotel, and near the hotel there was a car, and I went off for a walk, and I came back, and it was still there. And I just thought it was a bit suspicious because it had been bombing 
in the hotel down the road when the, one of the parties, the English parties, were having their conference. So I went into the Garda station to report the car. And when they heard the Irish accent, they become they become so defensive and they treated me like I was a parasite. Yeah. But that's, know, that's, that's, by the way, that's still, as you know, I spend all my time in the North now. That still happens yeah. to, in some places, but very few places. Mind you, yeah. well, because I'm in the North, anytime I go to a shop or anything up here, right? I And I'd say to people, uh, you know, I walk in the door and I'd say, yeah, can I have a pack of cigarettes, whatever that? And they go, up for the weekend, are you? <laughs> they, they, it's like they just don't accept that people from the south live in the north. They always say, yeah. "You up for the weekend?" Are you? I go, "No." Yeah. And but don't get me wrong; they're always really pleasant. But it's this thing about, "Are you up for the weekend?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we used to go up the north years ago for for drama competitions, but there were certain areas you couldn't go into. You know, no, there is there is still to... certain areas you wouldn't want to go. You wouldn't want yeah, to go into, no, but, they're, but yeah. they're few and far between. Yeah, which is good. But like, I'm just saying. Like, it, you know, the Irish have been treated as the paddies and the dopes and, the, you know, the boggers and whatever else. So, you know, I, it, I'm always amazed that people don't remember that maybe a generation or two ago, their people were badly treated in other countries. And people from here wouldn't have liked that. So why would you treat somebody else like that that has now come to our country that's contributing to the country? Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me just go to Dave as well. Dave, sorry for keeping you waiting. And Lorraine, I'll be with you in a second. Dave, going back to the email. So this guy from Bangladesh believes that Irish people inherently, maybe accidentally, are racist to some degree. Not all yeah. of them, obviously. Do you think yeah, we are? Yeah, you can't really take, you can't take a small cross-section of, you know, ill-mannered, uh, probably poorly educated gobshites and use them as uh, your metric to kind of judge an entire society. Like, Can you? No. I mean... Let's be honest, like we're, we're probably one of the most welcoming nations in the Western world. You know, like leave aside, leave aside the problems we're having with immigration at the moment, okay, because that's more being forced upon people. But look how people from other countries and other parts of the world have moved to Ireland and integrated into Irish society. And like how often do you hear of um, racially motivated crimes happening in Ireland? Like very, very, very seldom. You know, like I, I don't doubt that they happen, but... It's not big news very often. You see kids of every color, creed, and ethnicity and religion all integrated in schools together. Like, yeah, I mean, even I live in rural Ireland, and when I moved down 20 years ago, I wouldn't say people were necessarily racist, but the language that they used then, they don't necessarily talk like that. Now, it was more born out of a out of a place of ignorance. They didn't realize that saying certain things to certain people in a certain way. You know, I'm not going to say it was offensive, but, you know, it just wasn't nice. It'd be like an Irish person going to England and being called Paddy by everybody, you know? Well, yeah, well, I, I had a, go back in, about seven years ago there, we had a complaint to the Broadcasting Authority because somebody had come on the air and they referred to somebody as a coloured person. And because I didn't correct them, um, there was a complaint put into the Broadcasting Authority. Now, the complaint was rejected. And it was rejected on the yeah. grounds that that word has been used in Ireland for so long that people don't mean it with any ill will. Uh, it's like, you know, that some some older people might turn around and call somebody who's disabled handicapped, for example. They don't do, mean yeah. it out of any badness. That's just a no. word they yeah, grew I, up using. And, yeah, I, and you know what? Like, I have a brother with special needs. The term I use is special needs because that's the term that I've always heard. But there are older people who say, oh, you have a handicapped brother. And yeah. I don't get a bee in my bonnet about it because they, they come from, like, and I'm talking like older, older people, you know. Yeah. They come from a different generation. They come from a different time. Why am I going to get, uh, you know, I, why am I going to get, like, a, a stick up my hole and go mad over it and be like, you should be saying X, Y, and Z. They're not saying, like, we seem to live in an age now where context is just being thrown out the window. You know what I mean? Like, if they said, oh, you have a handicapped brother, right, they're just asking a question. If somebody said, look at that handicapped bastard over there, the context has changed. Well, of you course, I mean? yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're not asking the question. They're being a dickhead, and they're going to get a kick into the balls. You know what I mean? So, like, and like you said earlier on, we're very new to this whole multiculturalism thing. And I think as countries go, I don't think we're doing too bad about it. I mean, you might have friends there and someone might be back. Well, you know what? Like, we'd, be doing, I mean, we'd be doing a lot better if the Irish government handled it better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but come here. But here, hold on a second. Like, they're throwing out the racism card and the far-right card and this and that to shut down conversation. It's the same way... Like, uh, you know, if you're talking to somebody and they say something that annoys you, and this is something that really boils my piss lately, and someone goes, oh, 
are you triggered? Oh, look, you're triggered by what I say. It's the same. It's the, it's, no, but you know what I mean? Like, you ever see, like, somebody yeah, go, oh, no, you're no. triggered. Oh, you can't. Brita was triggered by what you just, Brita gets triggered by the word triggered. It is a stupid word. Yeah. But the reason people use it or they go, oh, you're a liberal or, oh, you're a conservative, the reason they're doing it is because they can't handle a proper conversation and a proper debate. Exactly. So they're going to try, they're going to try and shout well, you well, is it, well, it's not why the Irish like government, uh, particularly at the moment, the likes of Aon and Paul Murphy, uh, Justice Minister Hallam McEntee, in particular those three, are using this term right wing constantly all the time as a way. It's kind of a negative thing to say about people's opinions. In other words, people have a differing, a differing opinion. They may be anti-establishment. They may be anti-immigration policy. It doesn't mean they're anti-immigration, by the way. There's a difference between anti-immigration and anti-immigration policy. In other words, you, you agree with immigration as long as it's controlled, but if it's uncontrolled or reckless as it is at the moment, well, then you've initiated it. All of a sudden, you're right wing or extreme right wing. That's a way of shutting you up. No, but that's it. I mean, like, we are, consider the amount of money that, like, we give away to charitable causes. Consider, like, how when, you know, something happens in some third world country, the Irish are usually at the forefront of, of helping. You know what I mean? We're, we're one of the most caring nations on the face of the planet. And the idea that we're all racist just because some fucking knuckle dragger got into a taxi and called the guy the N-word, it, it's a bit, you know what I mean? It's like kind of like saying, like, um... Like it's it's like the the whole all Muslims are terrorists because of nine eleven. You know, like and again you people then they're like, Oh, I hate Muslims this, I hate Muslims that but when they go into the hospital and there's something wrong with them, they don't have a problem with a Muslim doctor treatment, do they? No. No. You know, like yeah. I, I yeah. don't I don't doubt that there are racists here. Of course there's race there's racists everywhere. Try to be a black person living in China and Japan, then you'll see some seriously more hardcore racism than what you see here. But the idea that we're a racist nation is just, it's laughable. Because the, the only thing I, I, I think... I think we're a very tolerant nation. And by the way, I, generally speaking, speaking, I think the world has become quite tolerant. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be intolerances, but the, but the world has... And I remember Michael Schellenberger was talking to me about this from America there. He's a journalist, and we had him on the air. And I, I've interviewed him a few times in the podcast. But Michael was saying, he said, if you go back 50 years ago, something like 87% of people disagreed with interracial marriages. And that's only fifty years ago. Now yeah. that now that figure is only is only five percent. So that just shows you how tolerant we have become in this world. That the world has changed. You know what I mean? So we for are sure, a more I mean, tolerant nation. For sure. The thing about we nearly overwhelmingly voted yes to for same sex marriage. I mean, if we were all a bunch of racists and bigots, I don't think that would have done so well. Now would it have? Like, you know, like I think what, what Irish people. What we really hate are people who take the piss. You know what I mean? We don't care what colour you are, what ethnicity you are, or what religion you are. Just don't be a dickhead. You know, I mean, you probably have friends who are of, of different races and they make fun of each other for being from different races. But that's not racism. I have a friend, he's half Puerto Rican. I'm constantly taking the piss out of him for being half Puerto Rican. But I'm not being racist towards him. I'm ripping him apart because he's my best mate. He also makes fun of me for being a fat bastard. You know, but you don't see me going... Oh, look at your, your, your fattest or your latest. <laughs> you're fat shaming me. <laughs> you're fat, exactly. Stop fat shaming me. You know, give over to your microaggressions. I need my safe space. Yeah, I you mean, know? people, Brita, people do get triggered very easily nowadays, don't they? Oh, ridiculous. Oh, I, had to like, I mean, you have to be so fucking PC now about everything that you say and do. Like, it's, you're nearly walking on, on, on a tightrope sometimes. And I'm, I'm very much what you see is what you get. What comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. And if you take upset over that, well, now you need to grow a pair of balls and get on with life. And are you, are you, <laughs> by the way, both of you, are you ever, are you conscious of what you say and how you say it? No. Nope. No. Never. I don't I'm, I'm glad to hear anything, that. I don't say anything nasty now. Do you know what I mean? If I have, some, I have an opinion about something, I'll say my opinion. And I, at the end of it, I can probably see it by people's face sometimes. I say, you don't have to agree with me. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. But I'm not a nasty, mean person. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. I won't let you walk all over me. But I, you know, anything I say, I don't say it with the intent to be nasty or, you know, uh, mm. demeaning or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I, I do have verbal diarrhea sometimes. But like, well, don't we all? Well, that, well, otherwise you wouldn't be on this show if you didn't. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I wouldn't have a job if people didn't have verbal diarrhea. <laughs> all right, let me just go to Lorraine as well. Lorraine, hi, how are you? 
Hey, and I, how are you? Good. Lorraine, do you, do you think Irish people, Dave thinks that's kind of taking the piss a little bit. We're not racist, really. Of course, there is some racists in the country, but generally speaking, uh, we're not. Look, there, there is. There is. And actually, 22 years ago, comes next February, so in two months' time, my son will be 22, and I gave birth to him in Hollistry, and I was the only white person in the world. Okay. Um, and it was fine, everything was grand, and then I started to notice um, when the visitors were coming in, they were kind of accumulating in the in the, the in the, the the cubicles, and they were actually they would come at feeding time at the zoo, if you like. So when, we, when the women were getting their food, and they would hide in in the, in the cubes and wait for. Um, for the for the mammy to walk out to the table because your food is served on a long table in the middle of the ward. And they'd bring the food in. And I was only 19 at the time. But I remember thinking to myself, Jesus Christ almighty, if that's what they have to do for food, like... And then the lady who does the meals was going around and it was a Friday and she said to me, okay. you, you can get fish on a Friday. She mm. said, um, but I'll do you fish and chips. She said, but don't tell any of them. Well, right. That's the truth of oh, God. Oh God, that's terrible, isn't that, it? That this yeah. is a woman, you know the women that work in the hospital for years? Yeah, 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 yeah. And to, to, this is going to sound quite, you'll probably get back and for this, but they're bullies. Mm. And they but that's yeah, that's right. But here's the thing: that's twenty years ago. Those women were probably older as well. They're probably in their sixties. Most of those women that do those kind of things years ago, not as much now. So I'd say yeah, different you know, generation, mid fifties. Yeah, yeah. And my dad is in that generation, and he. I'm going to be honest. He was racist when we were growing up, but my mother wasn't. But none of us, the six of us, and not one of us are racist. See, here's the thing: I think a lot of older people, even my mom and dad, right. Uh, more so probably my dad, right? It, it wasn't racism. It was kind of ignorance. The oh, same yeah. way as my dad, when, when the telly would come on and say there was a couple of presenters that would have been gay, right? My dad would see it. He'd go, oh, turn that off. Turn that turn that bleeding off. I, as soon as he'd see him on the screen, he'd turn, I don't want him now. Turn it off. I don't want to see him now. Turn it off. Turns me stomach. Turn no, it yeah, off. I'm, la- and la- I'm, go- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to not laugh. <laughs> But my dad would do that. And, and I don't think the man was really homophobic. He just didn't. It was ignorance. He didn't understand because he, he was a man's man in the 1930s and 40s. Oh, yeah. oh, and there was yeah. no such thing as gay men as far as he was concerned. You know what I mean? Oh, God, no. See, so what I'm saying no. is older people are just a little bit ignorant sometimes. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I. But you know what's after annoying me about the email? is I don't deny anything the chap is saying and mm. it's a shame to hear him say that. Yeah. But if he thinks he's going to come over to Ireland and turn on his bloody radio and think he's going to hear some Bangladesh or Jamaican or Chinese or he's in Ireland, what other... I don't I, I What do you want to expect to hear? Yeah, of course. If I, if I went to Spain, I'd expect to hear Spanish people on the radio. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. And, you know, that's really... I. I don't know if he was just trying to bring it up or just to, I don't know, but to me, that's a load of who shot John. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, no I, do, I do agree with you on that point. I don't think it was fair to kind of point that out. I'm trying to find the line where he said that. Oh, look. Yeah, because do you know, Niall, when I heard you say that, right, this is what I do, and I start thinking and analysing, does he have a point, does he not, does he? And then I was saying to myself, I think I've heard one or two people from maybe, um, yeah, I know you do have Americans on and... Um, oh, we do. No, we, we have a lot of people who come on from, well, America, the UK. Um, we, have a, we have a few people from Poland who come on the air every now and again. I have Lorenzo comes on every now and again. He's from Italy. Um, there's a lad, what's his name? Oh, he comes on. And he's, I think he's Nigerian. Oh, we, we do have a few regular callers from different countries. I don't yeah, know. so like, yeah. And I, I don't, don't know what he wants to do. He wants to fill the whole show. Well, I, I, or, uh, yeah. I don't know what he's talking about, but you well, well, this is what he says. Ridiculous. Yeah, he says, however, I will say, I don't think there are enough non Irish voices on your show. I, I don't know. I think there is. I think but you have, like, you certainly wouldn't have control over that. I mean, well, I can't control who rings in, you know, or who texts in. I can, we can only take, we can only put people on who want to come on. 
I can't, I can't go out looking for people. But is he talking about DJs, though, as well? That's the only other thing Mm. I could think of. Is he talking about... No, I don't think so. I think he's talking about the callers to the show. I think he was referring to the callers to the show. Unless, unless, if you want to keep it, keep, keep it, uh, uh... A fan of the show. Have a Bangladesh night. <laughs> ah, but well, let's have a Bangladesh night. If anybody from Bangladesh is listening, they want to come on the air. I'll give you priority. There you go. I tell you now, now, and that's that's his Christmas present. He, yeah. that's his wish for you together. Yeah. And, he, and by the way, he's welcome to come on himself. Although he did say he wasn't very confident. So Lorraine, you think, generally speaking, we're not racist. Um, we're not, but I know it's there. It's 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 crawling through. It's it's there. Definitely there. All right, okay, let me go to Mick as well. Mick, hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you now? Good, Mick. Mick, the idea that maybe there's a kind of element of racism in Ireland in general, do you get a sense of that, is there? No, I don't think so. Look, I'm from Brixton in London, and um, I would have grown up in a multicultural society. Mm. And I think you're right what you said. I think it's just new to Irish people, this multiculturalist. Yeah. Um, maybe, Maybe there's a bit of fear, I think, from some people. Yeah. I'd agree. But I, don't, I don't think there's inherent race, racism. I don't believe that. I work in a company that employs people from all over the world. Yeah. Irish as well. And there's no racism. Lads get on great. Yeah. I, th- I think people always have fear of change, don't they? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And there's huge change. And it's gonna, there's going to be more in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, and, but the division in society at the moment between what they refer to as the right and the left, right? The division has been created by the government. It's been created by a lack of communication. It's been created by bad immigration policy. It's been created by all sorts of things. But it's been created by the government, not by the people. The government are creating no, that frustration not. and that anger. Yeah, and that's exactly the same in the UK. It's happening all over with governments. Mm. I mean, if they did things properly, controlled immigration, um, you know, and don't get me wrong, people who want to come here whose lives are in danger or persecution, you know, we should roll out the red carpet. We should help as many people as, as we can. There should be a limit to that, of course. There's a limit to how many people you can help when you have an accommodation crisis. Uh, and the same with people who want to come here and work for companies and they have a visa, there's a visa application program. All, all of that you know, should work well. But when you abandon your policy and it just turns into a free-for-all, well, then people start having yeah. a fear and that creates a division in society. Yeah, and if you look at most of the towns that have accepted all these people in, Irish people have accepted all these in and they've set up groups to help them and everything. Yeah, yeah. So until it becomes you know, too and when they start to protest, you know they mean it. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I see people protesting yeah, yeah. Killarney or wherever it happens to be, they're small little towns with one GP, one shop, one pub, one school, and all of a sudden, you know, three hundred people come in to the town and they're genuinely concerned because they want to know where the service is going to come from for these people. How are we going to get a doctor? All these kind of where are you going to put your kids in school? So I mean. And we don't know who they are. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and that's the, the point you've just made there. Is we worry about infrastructure more than we worry about whether they're, what colour they are, where they're from. No, it's it's not about colour. People just have a fear. No. And, and again, I understand too when people say, well, look, you know, there's 200 men, if that's what they want to say, or 200, 300 men. They don't know who they are. You know, we don't yes. know these men. And, and judging by what's going on at the moment, we're not really checking everything that's happening. And by Michal Martin's own admission on the BBC, we're not doing the checks that we should be doing because there's so many people coming in. So that's a concern for people too. So the government need to communicate with people a bit better. And if they did that, we wouldn't have that division. No, 100%, I agree. And, and the same happened when my dad was Irish and he was over in England in the 70s and 80s. and went for a terrible time. But that mm. was largely because it wasn't communicated properly and Irish people weren't looked after properly. They were just abandoned in a lot of cases. Mm. No, I would, I would agree. You know, yeah. They were treated very badly. Yeah. Yeah. Stay there for a second, Mick. Let me go to Neve as well. Neve, yeah. hi, how are you? Hi, Neve, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Neve. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you've got a horse in your voice, have you? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was just listening. I hadn't spoken for a while. No, <laughs> I thought you, I thought you were changing your gender there for a second. Uh, no, 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 that's next week. <laughs> <laughs> you heard Mick, he doesn't agree that we're racist. He's from Brixton. Of course, Brixton would have seen the riots. They they were way ahead of us. and <laughs> They would have seen the riots <laughs> way back in the 1970s. Oh, uh, if anyone knows about it, it's Mick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can remember actually when I was a kid watching the riots in Brixton on mm. the television, on the news, on the Me BBC. Too. Yeah, I remember that. It was bad. It yeah. was bad. Was really bad. I that... remember watching people walking past the window with TVs in their hands. 
Yeah. I mean, Mick, those riots went on for a long time, didn't they? Was that about it? Well, there was two. There was two um, riots. I mean, the first one, the police were called off guard. All they had was stuff being lit to protect themselves. Right. Jesus. Yeah, that was because it was a bit like uh, the Dublin uh, riots where they, the police didn't think it was going to happen. It was, just it was unprepared. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, were, there was, yeah, it was, mind you, our riots were nothing compared to what happened in Brixton. Anyway, sorry, no, Neve, no, getting back to you. Do, I mean, Neve, do you believe we're inherently racist, Irish people? I don't think we're inherently racist, but I think the ones that are, are getting worse. Right. To be honest with you. Okay. And I think it's mainly down to social media, these brave hearts who would not dare go up to a foreign person and spurt their vile at them but they'll do it on social media and there's safety in numbers on social media. I mean, you might think, like, you'd hope that this would be on a page that you might come across and then never come across it again, but it's not. It's on simple things, like it could be somebody who, the one I can think of, it was um, a black girl who represented us in athletics. And, oh my God, what she... Oh well, like, why is she here? You know, that, oh yeah, that's a really Irish name and all this. You know, yeah. really horrible, horrible stuff. And what we should have been saying was, "Thank you." Well okay. done. I brought home a medal. Well done. Yeah. You know, well done. And I think people feel that they can say what they want. There's no like it's like the Wild West on social media. There's no yeah. control over it. No one's watching it. But yet. You know, you turn around and jokingly call your friend a bitch for doing something in a joking manner and you get a 30-day ban. But it's okay to be racist. It's okay to, you know, say terrible things. Mm -hmm. It's not everybody. It's far from everybody. You know, most people going about their daily lives are perfectly accepting, perfectly nice. You know, and maybe what we should do is insist that, you know, I worked in hospitality, and if you want to meet every race, colour and creed, Go work in hospitality, because you yeah. will. Mm -hmm. you, you'll meet everybody. And they're not, you know, uh, Joe Bloggs from Nigeria or such and such from the Ukraine or so-and-so from Russia. They're just your colleagues. They're the people you depend on to yeah. get you through the day. Yeah. And that's suddenly when you realise that they are really no different. And we can, you know, you can... And you are right. It is, it is getting worse, Neve. I'm not going to deny that. Um, the, the, those that were racist have really become very racist. And because they feel it's allowed now. It's, it's well, they, they feel justified we, in some way. I don't know why. Yeah. But but what again, I'm going to come back to it. Now, I'm not, I'm not blaming the Irish government for them being racist, by the way. But what I am blaming the Irish government, and what I said to Mick there, is for raising the temperature. Um, when, hey. when you have an uncontrolled immigration policy and you have people concerned, and 76% of people of a Red Sea poll said they believed we were letting too many people into the country in a such a short space of time. When you have that situation and a government who are failing to listen to the people well, then you're creating division in society. And that division is okay for most people because they'll just have a debate around immigration. That's fine. You know, I believe there we're letting too many people in. We should be doing this, this, and this. That's fine. You're allowed to have those debates. But when you went to get, when Johnny comes out and starts saying mad things about black people, well, I don't blame the government for that. But what I'm saying no. is Johnny thinks he has a reason then to say that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to give Johnny a way out of this. But what I'm no, saying Johnny is... Yeah. Johnny's gained an audience that he never had before. Yeah. So you see, back 10 years ago, if Johnny had said that in a pub or whatever, he would have been frowned upon. I can't say that, Johnny. Jesus, shut up. Yeah. You know, now it's, oh, God, yeah, you're dead right, Johnny. Yeah, you're dead right. Your man took that house. Your man only arrived. And it's this bullshit that seems to have spread through the country like wildfire, this misinformation. Mm -hmm. that these people get off the plane, they're handed a key to a three-bedroomed house, they're given a 23D car, they're given about mm -hmm. 100 grand to live on, and <laughs> their children get sent to Blackrock College. No, yeah. that's not what's happening. If that was what was happening, why are they in tents? You know, like, we have a housing crisis, yes. But how can anybody... You know, I have literally just walked in after watching the 9 o'clock news and I can't get those people out of my head. What I saw, you know, children in Gaza. How could anyone turn around and say, sorry, no, you're not welcome. Sorry, you're brown. We don't like brown people. We're a white country. Did I read a figure you know, today of 10 children being murdered every day? Is that the figure easily. I read today? Yeah. And they're the figures. They're the children that we know about. Yeah. There's but can I ask you a question, Eve? Can I ask you a question, right? Yeah. And, and this is something that 
really gets on my conscience. And my heart goes out to the children being killed in Gaza and the children, by the way, they were also murdered by Hamas in Israel. And in Israel, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. My heart goes out to all of them. I don't take sides, right? But nope. when I see those stories and I say, look how much people care about this, right? And they really care about it and they're all up in arms about it and they're wearing their Palestinian flags. and they're all... Every year in the African continent, something like, mm -hmm. I believe, 20 million children die from malnutrition, from diarrhea, and from preventable diseases. And yet, nobody gives a shit. No, so because... They're all under nine seeing, years of age. Under nine years of age. Because we're not, we're not shown it. You know, we should know about this. You know, we should... You know, there was a time when, and you will remember this as well as I do, in and around the mid-80s, when every single evening when you were having your dinner, the guilt would kill you because they'd have the children on the telly and they'd be showing you what the camps were like in Ethiopia just before they did Live Aid. Do you remember the, I can't remember the man's name, he was a red-haired red man. He was a BBC journalist and he went over and he couldn't even speak. He was so upset because he was holding a dying child. Yeah. And that was front and centre in our faces and then Live Aid happened and people gave millions now half it didn't get to them but that was the, not our I, I i remember reading all the stats during covid and the reason i was reading them during covid because i was doing a show one night talking about covid or something like that and they were worried about covid going to you know south or africa and okay, i was saying yeah. and i and what i had said in the air that night i think that's the least of their worries you know what i mean no i mean the they are seeing people dying and children dying in their droves and we do nothing and why do we suddenly care so much about africa you know what I mean? There was this yeah, story in the news we one night it. that 70 people had died in Africa of COVID that particular day. And I'm going, but do you understand that 19 million children under nine, I think it is 19 million children, die every year mm. from Women preventable that, like, diseases? From stupid things that we would give our kids a paracetamol for. Oh, yeah. That, can, that will kill them because they have absolutely nothing left to mm. fight with. And it's terribly sad but the problem is we're not shown it and when was the last time there was any news report i mean even taking aside the people who are dying of starvation in africa i'm sure there's a hundred thousand other things going on over there with you know with governments tortures and, and all sorts yeah yeah but we're not shown it because they just don't care because you know like when you know, children, something happens to a child in this country. It is, or even in the UK, a child goes missing, happens more in the UK, God love them, bigger, you know, population. There's round-the-clock news about that one child. But we don't give a shit about the hundreds of thousands that are dying across the world. Not, and not just in Africa. You're talking about, you know, we don't think about it when our sheen order comes. Who, who did that? Mm. What do they earn? Do, you know, what age made those clothes? I do it myself. I buy, you know, I'm not perfect. I buy from them myself. And I don't think about it. And I should. Absolutely. Eve, listen, I've run out of time. Sorry we went into a different conversation there, but it's one worth having. Terry, do you think we're inherently That's racist? It. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I, I do. Now, I can say it from a, a lot of different points of view. Um, I, I was, I'm born, I'm Irish, right? But I, um, when I was in my early, well, just over over 20, I went away and I actually ended up with a, a fella from the West Indies. And I have two mixed-race kids. Okay. Now, I don't know how you say whether they're mixed-race, whether they're black, whether they're coloured, because it depends on who's who's actually listening. Like, if you if you listen to the Americans and they're talking to one another... Yeah, well, they use that language towards each other, of course, yeah. Towards each other. And, we, know, we, and we all know that it, language is unacceptable, but yeah, go on. Yeah, but the, but if I was to use it, I was saying, no, I actually caught my kids one day, I says, I, I have two black kids. And someone says to me, you can't say that. And I says, well, if I say I have two coloured kids, can I say that? Can I... And do your children, your mixed-race children, do they... Do your kids... Um, experience racism. Okay, yeah, they, 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 like, 
since they were kids, like, you, you know, you were talking about Phil in it and all that years ago. I'm, a, I'm actually from Crumlin. So my, my, my two older kids are in their 30s. Yeah. So even, even he was kind of, he, he opened the, the gates for us first. But yet that there wasn't very many black children around when I had my kids. Yeah. Now, um, look at me father. My father used to say, I used to collect for the black babies and now I have them living with me. Was he racist? No. He just thought he was being funny. You, you, you know, I don't know whether he thought it was being funny because I, I tell you why. I have two black children and then I have a white child. And mm. then my sister had three, three kids for three Arab children. My other sister had uh, kids for an Irish fella. And my other sister had children, and her husband was an ex-British Army fellow. There's a lot of multiculturalism in your family, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, you could travel the world if you walked into your house. (laughs) Yeah, you know... But but generally speaking, we've moved on. I mean, look, Ireland has obviously changed since your children were born, which is a long time ago now. And, and it would have been certainly more unusual to see black people in Ireland going back 30 years ago. It wasn't very common. Um, but nowadays, of course, you know, we have uh, multiculturalism. We have a lot more people in this country who are, um, you know, black, brown or whatever it happens to be from different cultures in different parts of the world. Do you, do you think Irish people, and I, I don't want to talk about immigration because that's just a debate that's going on at the moment and an argument that's going on. I'm talking about in relation to people's skin colour. Do you think we'd still discriminate against people just because of their skin colour? Um, I'm not, no, no. I know some people look at people and say that they're black, right? But I, I think I think we're not racist, but sometimes you can, racism is kind of, there's a conflict with hatred. You know, it's seated in, hatred is kind of, it's, it's taught to the kids. Mm. You know, that, that black people are the understudy and, like, you're after being talking about poverty and all of that all around the country, all around the world. And politics have failed everything because at the end of the day, Nelson Mandela used to say, he says, at the stroke of a pen, you could you could erase poverty in the world. Of course you could. Which he was very right. He was very right. But the reason why I don't think that they want to erase it is most of the poverty-stricken countries is all black people. Well, well, I, th- well, I, well I think apart from anything else, you know, I, and I don't think Nelson Mandela was 100% correct. I know what he meant. Obviously, it's about money. Um, but in saying that, you know, you could throw as much money as you wanted to some of the countries in Africa, and it still wouldn't make people's mm-hmm. lives any better because corruption is rife. I remember at one stage, I can't remember which minister it was in Ireland, sent 50 million over to Uganda um, to help people over there because it was supposed to go to the police uh, to give them new bikes and stuff like that to help them control lawlessness. And what happened, it turned out there was murder over at the time. It was a big story in the paper going back about 15 or 20 years ago. It was spent on the Ugandan president or king or wherever he was. It was spent on his palace, on his new swimming pool. So... What I'm yeah, saying is that there's always go- you could throw as much money as you want, but if there's corruption, you're never going to solve a problem. Yeah, but it, there, there's always going to be corruption. There's corruption in everything because all that you have to do is go for when Haiti had the earthquake and there was blankets, they needed blankets. And it was it the whistleblower turned around and he said he, he actually ordered just say a thousand blankets for five, five euro. And he was told, no, you're not allowed to buy them ones. You have to buy them here. And they were 15 euro. And the same person that had the thousand sold them to somebody else. And the 15 euro went up. To the, but he was getting the same blanket. But someone had to get their cut out of it. Oh, I know, it, yeah. It's, it's, the same, it's the same. And I remember the whole story about the Red Cross during 9-11 when people donated money to the Red Cross during 9-11 for the, the widows or the widowers of people who had died. And, you know, it turned out that most of the money was going at administration. You know, the CEO or whoever it was. or it was, You know, the money you were throwing into a bucket actually wasn't going to the people. Most of it was going on wages and people's wages. So yeah. you always have to be very careful when you're giving to charity. And the same, I say the same when you're giving a lot of money to poorer countries. You have to make sure it gets to the right people. Anyway, we're moving off from the, the, the original topic. So generally speaking, you think Irish people can be a bit unconsciously biased or racist? Yeah. Yeah, unconsciously. They do, I don't think that there's malice in it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think um, 
well, personally speaking, now it, look at look at my own my own daughter went to a school one day, and the teacher was in the school. Now the teachers was teaching the kids how to how to be political correct. And next of all, the teacher in the class, in front of all the kids, turned around and it went, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Don't say the word again. All right, because you've said it once already, so I'd rather you didn't say it again. I know what you're going to say next. Yeah, yeah. no, that's what, that's what she said. Now, mm. that was just a poem or a, a little... I know, it was something we all learned as kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, my daughter took offence to it. And well, she came as she probably and would, yeah. Now, I, yeah. Co- I couldn't believe that the teacher said it. And the teacher actually put my daughter out of the class and she says to all the other kids, Louise is just paranoid. See, I, I personally believe that's a horrible, horrible word because, and, and I know you mentioned earlier on that black people say to each other, and I know they do, well, depending on where in the world they happen to live, usually in the United States, and you hear it in rap songs on a regular basis, etc., etc. But to me, I don't understand why black people would even say it to each other because I just think it's a horrible word that historically has a lot of ramifications to it because it reminds people of yes. slavery. But the, the other part as well, now, I think, I think you know, black people as well can be quite racist as well. Oh, no, of course they can. Well, every nationality can be racist. You know, every culture can be racist you, against others, yeah. You know, now, whether it's an ignorance or, you know, that's what I'm saying, like, is, is, our, is, is it that we have an ignorance or... You know, when people kind of uh, approach people and think, you know, it's it's just a hard one to call. But I don't, I don't believe people, Irish people, the malice is there. I think the Irish people have a sense of humour of of a sort, and sometimes they can be perceived in the wrong way. Yeah, I I get you. No, I get you, Terry. Terry, thank you very much indeed. Let me just go to Sarah before I finish this topic. Sarah, hi. How are you? Oh, hi and goodbye, right? I'll talk to you. I'll see you next week. Uh, what? Were you getting all insulted because you're the last caller on the yeah, topic? I'm getting very offended now. Like, <laughs> you have to Are you triggered? The new Vulcan in it. Are you triggered? They're being racist because I'm a woman and all. I'm being racist because you're a woman and all. Yeah. It's not. It's because you're from Ballymun. That's why, Sarah. Excuse me, right? <laughs> I'm from St. Margaret. But what is it about people in Ballymun? When you ask them where they live, a lot of them, right? You say, where are you from? I glass Nevin. <laughs> What's that about? Well, we were told years ago, I was told when I years, many, many, many moons ago when I didn't go to school. My mother says, get up and go and get a job. So I had to do a case on course, right? And your man, God bless him, Tony Aston. Never forget it. In the airway address, real estate. He turns around, he says, he says, when you're putting on looking for work, and this was up in Fisbury, Put on um, your address and then for St. Margaret. Right. Put the first two lines of your address, then St. Margaret, and then Dublin 11. Don't mention Ballymore. Yeah, I was the same. So I was, um, from, I was from Edenmore. So when people used to ask me where mm-hmm. I was from, I used to say Rohini. Yeah. I wouldn't say Edenmore. My mother was from Rohini. I was from Edenmore. Yeah. Or wherever she was from. Like, I don't know. Edenmore had a bad oh, reputation, yeah, so you just say you're from Rohini because you sounded posher if you're from Rohini. That's <laughs> like, Bono, you it's still like that in Ballymun. Like, I live in Poppentry now. All right. Where, by the way, where's ba- where was Bono from? He was from Ballymun. No, he wasn't. He was, the posh part. The posh part of Ballymun. Because yeah. didn't he get his name from the shop as you go from Ballymun there into... What's the name? Oh, towards Fibsera. There's a shop there, a hearing aid shop no, called Bonavox. He used to practice in the Ballymun flats, right? I remember this years ago, right? And we were all knacker drinking with cops. Right. And he had this lovely rug in the middle of where they used to practice. And one night, people just took it out. They left the door open. And he went mad and he reported a lot to the police. And Isn't that terrible? It is. And so just for that piece of historical information, I'm going to say it again in case people didn't hear it. There's a shop just as you come out of Ballymun. Mm-hmm. It's called Bonavox and they sell hearing aids. And that's where he got his name, Bono. Because he looked at the shop one day and he went, Bono, that's a good name. Because his name is Paul. His, yeah, his name is actually Paul. But he thought Bono yeah, was cooler. Yeah, Paul yeah. Houston. Uh, okay, so Sarah, getting back to the Irish being racist. Are we racist? No, I, I just think it's education, I like, to be quite honest. Like, but, like, 
I'm coming at it in so many different ways here because I have so many different experiences with it. Like, I was in a job and I was told myself and Norse and someone else, we were told that we weren't allowed to speak English, Irish, because mm. these people felt excluded from the conversation, right? Right. Because they were non-nationals, right? Yeah. I had that experience. And then another one, I was singing the song, Take Me Back to the Black Hills, the Black Hills of Dakota. Now, I love... I absolutely love Doris Day. Um, yeah. And, so um, did my mother. She I, used to sing that song all the time, yeah. Yeah, but no, I just love all her music. Like, I just don't know what it is. I'm real old-fashioned that way. I'm a very old-fashioned person, even though I'm 50, whatever. Yeah, my, anyway, mother, my, mother, would, uh, my mother would watch Calamity Jane about five million times. Yeah, well, yeah. Niall, I tell you what, I'm going to send you on a photograph of Mimi Confirmation, too, because I want to be Calamity Jane. <laughs> right, so don't laugh when I send you on this photograph. But getting back to the subject, right? Yeah. Right, I had that incident that time, right? And that was another time then Director Norson pulled us over, speaking our own language. And then, like, and then my friend, like, and I'd be sitting out in the sunshine behind our break, and I'd be saying, you get sunburned. Like, I'd be having great conversations with her. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, best of friends, like, and I'm still very good friends with the people that I worked with years ago. Yeah. Like, that come from these countries. But that's just a natural, that, that's not racist. That's just a natural well. curiosity, isn't it? Yeah. But they told me as well, even some other people that are black, like, I don't know if that's the right word or not, or even, like, other people from their communities are very racial against them, even though they're the same colour. Like, I, I got a, I got a phone call one day from the school when my son was only about four and a half, five. He'd only started school. He's now 27. But he, he'd only started school. I got a phone call and they said they needed me to come up. There was something concerning. And I went, oh, what's this? Jesus. Up to the school I went anyway, brought into the principal's office. And I said, what's the problem? I said, you're going to have to have a word with your son. And I said, why? And he said, there's a child in the class who's black. And I went, okay. And he said, he keeps going over and touching the child's face. <laughs> I went, what? So I had a word. He was, he didn't understand. He just, because he hadn't been exposed. I was, you know, black But he, he went over and he kept rubbing their face, their skin. He was a little bit obsessed with it. And, yeah. and, and, and I thought, you know what? Isn't that lovely? I thought it was harmless, but she seemed serious about it. And I was going, did he say anything bad? And he went, no. But he just keeps going over and touching her face all the time. Well, I tell you, if he was doing it today, he'd probably get arrested. God bless him. I know. But he was only five. He was just curious. Yeah. But Niall, I did get into a taxi one day. And the guy was pestering me to go out with him. And he was black. And exactly the same day, I got back into a taxi. And he was black. And I just got out of the taxi. I said, I'm very sorry. I just had a bad experience coming in. Now, this is around two, three hours later. I was up on Henry Street, and there was more on the taxi rank outside Penny's because I got into the second taxi. And then I start getting nervous. I says, oh, my God, I'm causing a riot here. I'll just get into the taxi. But I was terrified because I felt I was intimidated in the taxi. But isn't that kind of an unconscious bias? Because if you were to get into a taxi, as I said to Melissa earlier on, and the taxi driver you know, tried to come on to you or, you know, asked you out for a date or whatever it was, and he was white, you wouldn't avoid white taxi drivers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. But, Niall, I'm not being smart now when, when I when I say this. And it's like when I was in Beijing, right? When they see a white person, they see all of us the same. And I think when people are black, like, when I get into a taxi, I don't look at the taxi man's face. I don't. Like, I do, I, do you know what? I do look at that number and whatever is in front of me or whatever, like, and I'll chat away, like, because I'm a chatterbox. You know what I mean? You don't say. I wouldn't be looking at them, like... So, like, if something had happened to me and the guard just pulled me... You wouldn't, you'd you'd never be able to describe them. I <laughs> wouldn't be able to. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, my memory's a bit shot like that, to be honest with you. And I'll give you a little, a little test before you go, right? Let's just right. say something happened, and God, I hope, heaven forbid, it does happen, it doesn't. Let's just say something happened to your husband, right? and he disappeared tonight, and he went missing, right? right? And the guards came to you and said, right, we'll help you find him, right? What was he wearing last? Can you remember? 
don't look at him. Is he there? Don't look at him. By the corner of my eye, I don't know exactly what he wore, yes. Do you know like, you could ask me Do you know what he was wearing going out to work this morning? Um No. <laughs> See what I mean? So the, the you tell the guy, no idea what he was wearing. No, I don't know what he I don't know what he was wearing. Yeah. No, I do now because he went out on the bike. He had his bike gear on him. He had his bike gear on him. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's how I know because when he went out, he had his bike gear on. But if you said that he went to work, I won't know what. Now, we did get down to the shops earlier and I hadn't got a clue what clothes he had on. <laughs> but because he's sitting here with me now, I know what he's wearing. He's in the nip there now, is he? He's, uh, no, you know what? Even I stopped laughing at you and I heard you. I know you were on the other night and you were, I don't know if it was last night or the night before last night. And you were saying, you're walking around in your birthday suit. No, you didn't say that. I didn't suit. say it was me birthday. Yeah. I said, so I, this woman was walking around in her birthday suit in the house. I said, no, would you do you that? Around, you did say this, right? Yeah. And you're walking around and the noises that you were making, you were going, ding, ding, ding. ding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was Sarah, have a lovely day or lovely evening. Have a nice sleep. Sorry, it's late night. night. Thank you very much indeed, Sarah. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.